Eric is dressed in black, and I'm dressed in white. I am your savior, Matt, the greatest man who's ever lived. He is the Dark Order of the Phoenix. I don't know. Dark Order of the Phoenix. I ain't no Harry Potter. I will kill people, Matt. I will kill people. All right? The same Harry Potter. I didn't know it was a Harry Potter thing. I just said it, and I'm like, that's from something. I don't know. I'm the Dark Lord incarnate, all right? Jeez, oh, peace, man. Get it right. There's this... He's he's whatever he chooses to say he is. He's, he looks like a waiter at a fancy restaurant, actually, because that's a, it, that's actually a pretty nice Damn shirt. It. it is. It's actually I got like a really good clearance deal on it, and it's like one of those high profile shirts. Nice. Normally forty nine ninety nine on clearance, clearance with coupons for like freaking nine bucks or something. Mm. So yeah, I'm, nice. I'm shooting above my weight, you know. Third shift presents the Imposter's Guide to Gaming. Your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to IG2G. This is episode 68. I am Matt. He's Eric. When it gets to the end of the year like this, remember back in the day, all the sitcoms would do like the clip shows? Like, oh, like, here, look, here. Hey, remember? And they'd do a flashback and it'd be like the clip from the earlier episode. That's what I'm doing in the releases this week. I got three releases that are all re-releases. I don't know what Eric's even talking about. He's talking about two games. Something about oceans and hey, the stars. stars of the about rising up. And, and being somebody cool and overcoming some things once things happen to you. Wow, is that confusing? Cool. You're going to hear about it. I have no idea. <laughs> you better tell me about it later in the episode, Eric. Number five. So first up on the re-release releases, or just the re-releases, or the re-releases releases. Look, okay, I'm on IG2G, I'm talking about three re-releases. So first up, on the re-releases, it's really hard to say re-releases a lot of times and then also put in releases, so give me some props. Anyway, drop it on the 29th of November for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. We got a four-pack of games. So not only do you get three re-releases, you get six re-releases because the third re-release is four re-releases. <laughs> Man, say that like 40 times fast. Good luck. Developed and published by Scott Cawthon. These games, hey, if you know the name, you know the games. And if you don't know who Scott Cawthon is, welcome to the internet, my dude. Where you been? Because Scott Cawthon is the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's, one of the biggest, I wouldn't say horror series, jump scare series, like ever. Like, if you if you watch YouTube, you know Five Nights at Freddy's. Ask You know what? If you don't know Five Nights at Freddy's, ask your kids. They know all about it because they watch the, the YouTubes where they play the Five Nights at Freddy's and the guy goes, oh, I'm scared. I can't believe it. It's Five Nights at Freddy's. But now the first four games in the series, Five Nights at Freddy's 1, 2, 3, and 4, are available for your next-gen systems. I've heard that, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's a pretty simple game concept, so it's not really hard to port to systems. You're, you're watching cameras, you're seeing where the... They, well, okay, if you don't even know the story, I'll just say you work at basically like a showbiz pizza, you know, where the, all the animatronic animals, you know, they play in a band and all this stuff. You basically work like the overnight shift at one of those, and for some reason or another, there is a really deep backstory, but I don't know a lot about it, and I'm not going to go into it, because this would be like a million game theory episodes on YouTube have been posted about this kind of thing. But for some reason or another, the animatronics are coming to life and killing people. And so you, as the security guard, like, you're there, you know, watching the, the, the security cameras, the CCTV cameras at night, and oh man, you better keep an eye on those animatronics or they're going to come kill you. So basically, the mechanics of the game are looking at cameras to find out where they are, where the animatronics are, and closing the doors 
but all of these actions use up some of like the the battery energy or the energy whatever kind of energy meter you get so throughout the night as you're closing doors to keep them closed it takes a lot of energy and to look at cameras if you're looking at one it allows the animatronics to move through the other ones it's it's a really simple style of game so it, it translates well to a controller. From what I've heard, all the controls are really good. Obviously, the graphics are pretty good for you know these games, but they're not graphically taxing games by any means. Uh, if you're familiar with them, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, maybe check one of these out because I think I was looking them up on PSN. I think they were only like $7.99 a piece, which makes sense because they're a little bit older PC games. If you got a gaming PC, obviously you can run it really well and you can probably get it for like two bucks on sale. But if this is your only way to play Five Nights at Freddy's and you want to get a little bit of that jump scare action in your life and feel what people were feeling like through like two or three or four or five or however many years ago when the series was big, big, big on PC, get yourself one of these re-releases. <laughs> I worked re-releases in again. This is Shenmue all over again, isn't it? Oh, man. Five Nights at Freddy's 1, 2, 3, and 4. It's here on your current-gen systems. Enjoy. Ah! Number four. Oh, the memories. This title is Star Ocean First Departure R, released December 5th, 2019 for the Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation 4. This is a title that long ago never came to the West. It was for the Super Nintendo originally. Later on, Square brought it over to the PSP, Square Enix now, brought it over to the PSP, spruced it up a bit, added a bunch of this and a bunch of that, and then it got the light of day and everybody thought it was great and cool. Now it's being released once again for the said systems I just mentioned for you to enjoy. What is it? It's a very old school Japanese RPG in which you are a set of characters that travel around from space, solving problems, you know, think Star Trek, taking care of issues. They go onto this planet that's got a weird disease going on. It's a medieval-type world, and you've got to figure out what's happening and fix it. Pretty simple story, as are all old-school RPGs. But here's the thing. Back in the day when this came out, I never played very many titles, and of course the first one we played was for the PlayStation, so mind you, this was not Super Nintendo days, but still. Tales of Destiny was the first title I've ever played where instead of it just being fight magic item, you went into the screen and then you controlled your character running around on like a you know fake 3D little environment here, attacking characters, positioning yourself to make sure that they can't strike you, setting up commands for your other players to uh, say spread out and attack or uh, consolidate and focus on one target, that sort of combat system. That's what this one does. It was super unique, super cool back in the day. And I'll, I'll be honest, at, at the time, I was like, eh, you know, I don't know if I like this. I was, you know, stuck in the old school ways. But as it played out, I began to really appreciate the, the fun of it all, of just running around, trying to get behind the targets, hit them with your slices, call down your magical powers, that kind of deal. Really cool, pretty simplistic now. Nowadays, we've seen stuff much more complicated. But if you're into old school RPGs, this is something you're going to want to check out for sure. From the PSP version, they have these little uh, areas in which you'll, you know, you talk to other characters. They went ahead and updated those models so you get brand new uh, artwork on some of these characters. They went ahead and touched up, you know, the sound, the the graphics. That's kind of that kind of thing. They just spruced it all up so it's as good as it can be for current gen systems. Of course, 
you have to be in the mood for an old school game if you're going to get into this. It's about 25, 30 hours to play through once. It's got multiple characters, tons of, you know, optional characters to get to recruit to your team. So if you're looking for that old Sukiden kind of experience, you'll get that here. And depending on who you pick up throughout your game, you get multiple endings. So if you're a master and you want to master this game, it's going to take a couple playthroughs at least to get all the endings, all the characters, etc., etc., etc. So that gives you a lot of options for replayability. And on top of it, the leveling system's really neat in which in on how you uh, level up your characters. Really cool, fun, unique game. Obviously, it's from a time far, far gone and away, but sometimes it's nice to visit those. So if you want to pick up this wonderful little title, I'd recommend checking it out a little bit more. Number three. So next up on the re-release... Re- okay, no, no, stop. Look, next up today on IG2G, it's a re-release of a game that came out earlier this year, one that I was very excited to get my hands on at some point. I, I continue to be excited to get my hands on this at some point, but dropping on the 26th of November, it's a re-release for the PS4 of Gris or Greece or Gris. Look, I'm not a French person. I studied Spanish and I studied Japanese and Chinese. I didn't study, I didn't study no French. So say Gris. I'm going to say Gris this time. I've said Greece before. I'm going to say Gris because I feel like that's right. Anyway, look, developed by Nomada Studio, published by Devolver Digital. I said it before on IG2G when I did it for a release and or a topic. Nothing else looks like this game. You need to play it. You need to at least at least watch it because nothing looks like this game. It's it's a beautiful watercolor world. There's a story all about a girl that's dealing with loss and bringing color back to the world. It's really beautiful from what I've heard. You know, it's, it's a pretty affecting story, but the gameplay itself isn't that complicated like if you're talking about something with similar themes obviously you have celeste which is a really hard platformy puzzly platformy type game this is not i've I've heard it's not difficult it's not really challenging but you you really should play it just for the visuals alone we always say graphics aren't everything but this this watercolor visuals here the hand-drawn animation for the main character it it looks incredible Everybody should play it, so now more people can play it. They're on the PS4. This is a quick rundown, but I, there's not much to say because I don't want to spoil stuff for myself. I don't want to spoil stuff for you. It's an emotional story about a girl bringing color back to the world, and the girl looks incredible in this watercolor art style. The world looks incredible. The transitions from going from gray to colorful, it looks like watercolor paint spreading. It's beautiful. Everybody should play this game just to see what it looks like. So go play it on your PS4 now! It's Gree. Number two. One of my releases for today is a, a cool little game called Arise, A Simple Story. It's developed by Piccolo Studios, released December 3rd for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the PC. It's a shorter game in which you're the, you take the spot of a gentleman who has recently passed in his tribe. So, of course, in this afterlife, you start reliving different moments from your life. And to do that, it's a 3D platformer where you control time itself and you can manipulate the environment with time. So say like the season will go by and snow will pile up, allowing you to get to a higher spot than you could before. Or if you need to get past like some fire, you manipulate time to slow it down to where it wasn't there or let it burn out, that kind of thing. The whole point of this is to go from level to level, solving these, you know, easier puzzles 
and finding memories which give you a perfect moment in this like nice little artwork of the individual's life and then of course through these levels you'll experience different things that meant something to this individual while they were alive it's a really cool little game it's got beautiful colors wonderful music so if you're looking for a shorter adventure at a smaller price this may be something for you to check out number one last on the releases this week it's a re-release of one of my favorite games that i played this year it's alien isolation now available for your nintendo switch as of the 5th of december developed by creative assembly published by sega and ported to the switch by feral interactive who apparently have a nice long track record of awesome ports to the switch this from all accounts is another one of them now, if you don't know Alien Isolation, hey, head on over to my YouTube channel where you can find my playthrough of it from from originally twitch.tv slash thirdshiftme. Now go to youtube.com slash docfunky. Check out the Friday Night Frights streams that I did of this game. This game is awesome. In case anybody doesn't know, for the storyline, you play as Amanda Ripley, daughter of Ellen Ripley. You know Ellen Ripley from the Alien series. She has got to go to a space station. I'm not going to spoil anything other than you got to go to a space station and, oh, man, there's an alien. But she's got to go to Sevastopol Station to learn about something. And while you're there, oh, my goodness, all hell breaks loose. There's an alien. There's robots. There's humans. All three of them are super dangerous. you got to find your way through the station, figure out what you're doing, what's going on, what really happened there. And it all, man, it it, it goes to a big old crescendo. But it starts pretty basic. This is a first-person survival horror game, and Sneakin' is the name of the game. So if you love Sneakin', if you love Surviving', if you love the horror, if you like the Alien franchise at all, you should pick this game up. It's 100% not action-based. You can do some You can do some fighting. There are some weapons. There's some tools you can craft. I really love the crafting system. I love the devices you can create and the way you can upgrade them. But this isn't about shooting stuff. It's about sneaking around. It's about surviving. And it's, it's really good. It's just so good, guys. Everybody said it when it, when this game first launched. I said it on Friday Night Frights. The game's just really fantastic. Those first opening hours when you're you you're sneaking through the station, you're encountering the dangers kind of one after another. When you first meet and not meet, like hey, oh look, hey Xenomorph, it's me, I'm Amanda Ripley. When you first encounter the Xenomorph and it's starting to stalk around the area that you are. It's, oh man, it's so intense. It's so cool. It never really loses that cool throughout the game, but once you've been killed by the Xenomorph quite a few times, it kind of becomes, I don't want to say it's old hat, but it's not scary, really. It's just kind of like, you can you kind of get used to the feel of what it is you have to do. But it's, it's always intense, because you're never really sure what ceiling vent it's going to pop out of, where it's going to, ha- you know, where it's going to show up. There were so many times during my playthrough, I opened the door and hey, there it was, and I went, oh crap, yeah, jeez. But the next time you go, hey, it's totally not there because its actions are, I wouldn't say randomized because that puts in, puts in like a like a a really jankety kind of kind of picture in my head. But its movements, you can't really predict them very well. I mean, you kind of get used to the general theme of how it moves around. But after each death, it's kind of a fresh run at it for both you and the Xenomorph and or the androids or the human enemies. So it's it's really fun. It's really intense. It's really interesting. Uh, a cool thing about the Switch port, apparently it uses an all-new anti-aliasing 
technology or system or I, I don't know. I'm just a dumb guy who records this stuff in a microphone. What do you want from me? But he uses brand new anti-aliasing technology and apparently makes it look even almost even better than the PS4 version in that respect. And, you know, I was just brushing up on Alien Isolation via a few Switch reviews. And from what I could tell, it still looks amazing. Like, it looks amazing on the Switch. Now, people, some people were saying the only divisive thing on it is the handheld mode. Now, some people are saying, man, if you play it in handheld mode and you got your headphones in, oh, it's so intense and cool. But then other people were saying that when you're playing it in handheld mode, obviously you have some screen glare issues because this is a pretty dark game. There's some light areas here and there, but a lot of it you're creeping around in the dark trying to stay hidden. So you're going to get a lot of screen glare on a mostly, or, you know, at least a lot of Lee black screen. So if you don't want to see like you, I don't want to see my ugly mug when I'm trying to stay away from an alien. That's scary enough. Holy moly. So, <laughs> but I think if you turn the lights off, which is how you should play this anyway, you shouldn't be playing this out on a train in the daytime. You should be playing it with the lights out, the sound up, whether that's headphones or in docked mode with your, you know, with your surround sound and having a creepy good time. That's what I did for Friday Night Frights. The game is excellent. The game is fun. I I, I shouldn't really say because it it's not really a caveat, but a little bit of a caveat is, I mean, like I said, once you've been killed by the, the Xenomorph enough times, especially if it's in a certain area, it kind of loses its magic a little bit when you're like, oh, no, I can't get it. Oh, yeah, he got me. Oh, well. But the game overall, the situations you get to put in, the things that Amanda has to do, the like the ridiculousness of like an alien scenario, because you you know how it is. It starts off okay, then everything that could go wrong goes wrong. That's what happens in alien movies, so that's not a spoiler. <laughs> but just there's sometimes when it's like, oh geez, like I'm finally here, and then everything's ruined. Oh, for crying out loud! And I got to go all the way through this area, and now it's ten times worse because there's this and that, and there's fire and the robots and the alien, and then there's humans in here too, and all three of them are attacking each other. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. It's just, it's a fantastic experience. If you haven't played it before and you get your Switch owner, you should definitely pick it up. It is a little bit pricey in that it's, I think it's about $35 here at launch. But the good thing about that is this version does contain all the DLCs, the expansion, the Survivor DLC, all the other DLCs that have been released are here. So this is a complete package. So if you're like, oh man, I can get it on PC for like three bucks. Well, is the DLC on sale too? Because here you get it all in one package on the go with your headphones on in the dark, getting scared by aliens, getting so scared you drop your switch and you break it and that's a big problem. But hey, at least you got scared and you felt something from this game. Alien Isolation is great. Everybody should play it. Howard should give me his copy. That's all there is to say. Imposter's topic of the day. So those releases were a good time, everybody. I'm sure you enjoyed yourselves, but here we are at the topic of the night. And if you don't know, this is actually just going to be a continuation, really, from our topic of discussion on our third shift proper, because there we predicted all the winners for this Game Awards, which is coming up this week as you're listening to this in a day or two, whatever it is. Hey, we're going to go ahead and tonight and talk about Announcement predictions. What's a couple things mm-hmm. we expect to see in some of these surprise announcements? Anything returning? Anything new? Nothing too big, nothing too crazy, or maybe we will go crazy. Who knows? But I figure we'll jump right on in, and I'll start with Matt. <laughs> Matt, what's something you think's going to happen in these announcements? Any games, any things? What's, what's happening? What's happening? 
Well, there is something I definitely know is oh. happening because I went on the Game Awards Twitter and I was like, what have they leaked so I could totally like just sneak this in here? And they went, hey, our pals over at Riot Games, their new entity, which I didn't even know about, called Riot Forge, uh-huh. which is a publishing arm for indie games. And I think they specifically said like story-based single-player games set in the world of Runeterra, which is the League of Legends world. They said Riot Forge will be there to show off something. So I'm going to say, well, definitely, obviously, they'll be there. But what I'm going to guess is they're going to be a some kind of light RPG, like a, a small party-based RPG, like a four-person party type deal, just like uh, Indivisible, something like Battle Chasers, uh-huh. you know, that kind of thing. I feel like that's a safe bet for the first project from Riot Forge, because if you know anything about League of Legends, their lore is super deep. They've made this whole world with all this you know, factions and storylines and in history over the, the course of the game, but you don't really get to see it in game because it's just, hey, it's the battle, five on five or whatever. So there is all this deep lore and deep story. And I feel like a a, a simple party-based, you know, regular style RPG or action RPG is the perfect way to get people into the lore because it's not, it won't be super deep, it won't be this or that. And it's the perfect first project for Riot Forge. So I'm going to say, they will be there, which we know, but that's what they're going to be announcing. A small party-based RPG, because that's that's easy. Single-player, story-based, boom. That's that's it. That's how you get people in the door. Ooh, what about you, Eric? Man, what you got? sounds pretty good. I'll start off tonight with Witchfire, all right? If you don't remember, this was talked about the Game Awards a couple years back. It completely disappeared. It had two different uh, gameplay reveals come out in between the last two years, but both of them were extremely short and really didn't do anything, to be honest. And then Mm -hmm. here we are. A couple years later, they've promised this game is still being made. Everything's still taking place. Everything's coming along. I think this is where we see it. I think this is where the big debut comes. We're going to see all the cool gameplay, characters, whatever. They're going to let us know what this game's all about and get us hyped for some kind of spring or summer release next year. I'm expecting that to happen. I hope it happens because as we talked about two years ago, last time we talked about it, yep. I was super excited about this game and couldn't wait to see more about it. And then it disappeared into the freaking ether. Mm-hmm. So it was unfortunate. I hope we get to see it this year. There's a lot of uh, rumor mills going around with different sites and different peeps that we are going to hear about it. But we've seen mm-hmm. that come to no, uh, you know, no bueno before. So I won't uh, put any real stock in it. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> awesome. Well, so if you're going to talk about Witchfire, I'm going to jump, and maybe you were going to talk about it anyway, because you've touched it. Uh-huh. I'm going to talk about a game that, that was announced the same year as Witchfire. I think I would think it was at the Game Awards. How about GTFO? That's the game we've been talking about for years. It went into, what was it, Alpha or Technical Test uh-huh. a few months ago when you got the... Uh, yeah, yeah. I was in the Alpha, and I just uh, got into the Beta as well, the closed Beta. Oh, well, there you go. Boom. You just got into the closed beta. They're going to be like, hey, the beta's starting right now, and now it's open. Everybody just show up and play some GTFO. Because it flew under the... I mean, we haven't heard anything until this year, and the, obviously right now the dates line up. And it's it's the perfect thing to be like, hey, remember this from two years ago? Even if it's still just in beta, boom, there you go. Hey, hey, hey I'm smart. Wow, good hey. job, me. You know, I... 
I wasn't going to agree with you on this one because I was like, man, they're just kind of rolling along doing their own thing. You know, they're just, mm-hmm. like I said, they got the uh, alpha going and uh, now they're doing the closed beta. And I think they've even announced when they're going to open up for everybody to start playing the game. Okay. But, you know, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe this is, they get one good punch in here at the Game Awards because it's right mm-hmm. around the time to say, hey, Bam Bam show showcase like a really cool hot, you know, another one of those really cool gameplay things, get everybody all hyped mm-hmm. up and say, and it releases next week or whatever, because I can't remember what the release date was. I'd have to go back into my emails and check. I don't even know if I'm I don't even know what the rules are on that, so can't right. say I don't know what what's going on there. But anywho's <laughs> that's all going on. So maybe you're right. Maybe they'll actually get in there and give you that big hype trailer, and then of course say the, re- the dates in the next week or whatever the hell it is and get everybody mm-hmm. on board with it because i do feel like you said that it disappeared off the map except for people who were extremely excited about it signed up for their newsletters got into the you know mm-hmm. access like i did etc cetera, etc cetera. and i feel like the game awards is a good spot for that too i mean obviously we get reveals and teasers but we've seen a couple of like hey look here's the cool trailer and then drop into the open beta or sign up for the dev announcements sign up for the closed alpha stuff so even if it's not ready to play we've seen a lot of like go to the website and sign up for this gonna get people their their toe in the door because you can't get the whole foot any can't get the whole foot yet so you know mm-hmm. i agree well, one I wanted to bring up too here, and this one I don't think is going to happen any longer, but there was the rumors going around Resident Evil 3 Nemesis was coming, mm-hmm. the whole remaster, or remake I should say, remake, I think it's remake, yeah, remake, yeah. was coming. That's all been confirmed, it's happening, it's for real, except for, I originally thought it was going to be the Game Awards, because obviously it's all lining up, but then mm-hmm. PlayStation announced that it's doing its own shindig here Tuesday. And it's going to have some cool big announcements and stuff for the, what, what they're doing for the rest of the year. So I don't think... And then, of course, Jeff himself said it's not going to be at yeah. his. So with that all together, people thought maybe he was just lying to you know try to keep the hype alive and everything. But it all comes together to sound more like they're going to announce it over on the PlayStation mm-hmm. uh, shindig and not at the Game Awards. So that one was on the list, and it's still in this week, so it's still something to get hyped about. And I right. wanted to make sure I mentioned it in case you weren't paying attention to all the different news outlets talking about it. But just like they redid the entirety of Resident Evil 2, they're doing the same thing with RE3 and the same engine and all that. So you can expect a top-notch, wonderful Resident Evil title coming from Capcom here. But I don't think it'll be at the Game Awards. It'll be on Tuesday from the PlayStation Shindig now. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> and now they have the perfect skeleton for Nemesis because you have Mr. X chasing you around. Yeah. Just just reskin him. Beef him up, make him a little smarter, and have him constantly chasing you instead of meandering around, wandering weirdly throughout the building. And then when he (laughs) sees you coming at you, but Nemesis hunted you, so you know it's a little bit, a little bit more tense. But you know what I mean. They have a big brutish character. Just put the the textures on him. Now he's Nemesis, right? And then kill him and get better guns. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or exactly. just do like me and run from him constantly and never engage him because it, I don't know, never was worth it to me. Yeah. I felt like just getting away from him and staying alive was much more beneficial than wasting 17 green herbs or whatever the hell you had to use to stay alive long enough to get him down to get the Magnum 4 Plus, Magnum 44 Plus or whatever it was. Mm. You know, screw that noise. Anyway, <laughs> time that. At. Plus, my heart's <laughs> racing and pumping and I'm sweating and I'm like, I don't need this. I don't need That's it. Right. Get out of here. <laughs> So next up for me, I mean, this was kind of a no-brainer. He will always be at the awards, so I 
Actually, I don't think he's presenting, so he's gonna he's gonna have something to show. Let's just face it, Joseph Ferris or Joseph Ferris, my man, my F the Oscars buddy, he's got he's he's gonna be there. I'm hundred percent sure because I follow that man on Twitter from the moment he said F the Oscars two years ago now, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna follow this dude. It's gonna be crazy. That man tweets nothing, never anything, like anything at all, and in the past two months. In October, he started tweeting pictures of, you know, like little videos of the dev team going, oh, yeah, we can't wait here at Hazelight. We can't wait to show you what we're working on or everybody's excited for the new project. And then it's like a retweet of like EA and Steam coming together. And then, hey, look, six days ago, he tweeted out a video of people in the Foley room getting a bunch of sounds together. Like, oh, can't wait to show you what we're working on. If the man tweets never and he's starting to ramp up now, that tells me he's going to be there, some kind of a trailer, even if it's just the usual reveal trailer of just, here's the concept, oh, from Joseph Ferris, and then, you know, just CG cutscene and no gameplay, nothing. He's got to be there. He's got to be showing something off because he's excited about what he's doing. Him and his people all have thumbs up and have happy faces, and it's something weird with, like, wind noises, like flapping noises and whoosh noises. I'm going to say you're going to be two birds flying together. I don't know. Something strange. But he's going to be there. He's going to be showing it off. That's a Matt guarantee. That's a nobody else guarantee. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I feel on one end I'm happy about it. The other end, I don't know. Like, the first year was hilarious. He was drunk as all hell, yeah. acting a fool. Second uh-huh. time around, he was mostly sober. He was still a little out there, and you could tell, like, you know, Jeff was in the background, like, happy, but also a little nervous, uh-huh. hoping things weren't going to go south, but also excited because the people wanted the crazy man back. Yeah. And so I'm like, what's the third year going to bring? Now that Jeff's probably pretty confident he's not going to go crazy because he didn't do it last year, mm-hmm. is Jeff just now going to sit there chill and calm as a pickle? Or is he, is, is he going to go nuts this year just to keep him on his toes? I don't know. You know, I'm mildly excited, but I'm also worried it could <laughs> fall flat this year and him just come out and be like every other dev and just announce something and walk away and it's not that big a deal. And then the hype and, and the, and the, the magic that all happened kind of dies with it. You know, so I don't, I don't want that to happen. I don't think that can happen with this dude. If he's got something to be excited about, I mean, he was talking about a way out before mm-hmm. it was right around the corner if he's got if he's got his new project all his people are happy maybe it's maybe he maybe he won't be there it'll just be a video that's true but i think he, i think his game will get announced just like as in progress still in development hootie hootie who but i i feel like whatever it is it's got to be there mm-hmm. so we'll definitely see what the heck he's been working on his team's been working on and Hopefully get a little bit of that crazy magic. And like you said, if it was through a video, that'd be cool because then he could go as nuts as he wants and then Jeff could make just... it a joke and like clip it, kick it, you know, not, or you know, jump out. You know, oh, we can't show this part. Fast forward. And... Or they, they do it as a video interview, but it's really just a video. It's, oh, oh man. And he mm-hmm. starts flipping out, flipping out to end it. Yeah, that'd be Something good. Something like that. And that'd be fun. I'd enjoy that. I'll give you that one. Now, before I got, I guess I got one or two more before I go into a couple contemplatives, you know, to mm-hmm. end it. But uh, one for sure, I think, is on the Nintendo side. I think we're gonna see Zelda Breath of the Wild two, another trailer oh, yeah, for yeah. that, because mm-hmm. that came around, did a little, you know, really spooky, weird thing, kind of reminiscent of uh, Majora's Mask, and mm-hmm. that's kind of all I've heard about it. I don't know if there's been, I haven't followed it closely because I didn't really like Breath of the Wild too much, so mm-hmm. it's not been something on my radar. Just like, oh my god, I can't wait. But I know it's a big deal, and I know everybody's on the edge of the seats wanting to hear from it. 
I, th- I feel like this would be the perfect spot, and I think it's about time for them to give us a big oomph to get into the next year because the console mm-hmm. wars are going to be coming up again. Everyone's excited about next year's games. This would be Nintendo's, you know, hey, look, you got to have a Switch next year. Look what I got kind of deal. Plus, it's a cool, like, continuation of this whole, like, year of Zelda because you've had Cadence of Hyrule, you have Link's Awakening, and then, oh, boom. Also, hey, did you guys forget Breath of the Wild 2? Bam. Some kind of actual gameplay trailer or more elongated story trailer. I think that's a good idea. It's pretty cool. Uh-huh. So I'm hoping for that one, and I want to tie this one in. Uh, because it's kind of a give me. Everybody's talking about it, so I'll just mention it here in case this is the only podcast you tune into. Everyone expects to see a Smash Brothers character reveal, just like yeah. Joker last year. And I think that's kind of a give me. I really feel like that's a shoe in right there. So I just mm. want to make sure everybody's aware that you'll probably see, once again, another Smash Brothers character. There's talk that it could be Master Chief in there, which would be awesome and oh, be getting yeah, a Microsoft cool. character. But they already have one in Banjo-Kazooie, so some people are saying it's got to be somebody from Sony. So there's talks of some characters all going back and forth on what Sony character would be a good fit. Mm -hmm. But you have a traditional Sony character in uh, Solid Snake. I don't know if he's still... is he? Yeah, he's still there. Oh, yeah. He's in there and Joker, so it's, I mean, you know. And and Banjo-Kazooie is Microsoft, but it's also not. It's remembered, really, for Nintendo. The only ones where it mattered were Mm -hmm. Nintendo still. Exactly. So, but, you know, that's just what the, the scuttlebutt is around, you know, going, well, they, yeah. I, everyone feels like they're probably trying to kind of give everybody a little bit of, you know, Sega in there, a little bit of Microsoft, a little bit of mm-hmm. Sony, because Nintendo's been playing pretty well with everybody trying to yeah. do their own, wage their own war, keep on the sideline, you know, that type of deal. So that's mm-hmm. the scuttlebutt right now. I, ex- I expect it to be somebody. I can't tell you who. I don't pay close enough attention to be like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, I've heard this. But we will get another Smash Bros. character. So now, see, I, I wasn't sure on top of those, my picks over here. I was like, let me do some research. Let me look up uh, Game Awards show predictions. And I, I, I was watching a video, and they were, they were talking, and then I realized that it was like a 2018 predictions. And I went, oh, well, that sucks. But <laughs> in the meantime, I was looking in the comments section, and I saw I saw a game mentioned, and then I looked at another thing of like, hey, hopes and dreams for the for the 2019 Game Awards, 100% for sure this time. And I looked and I saw the same game. So, hey, if everyone's just going to say it every single year, which it seems like the case, I'm just going to say it here. Oh, man, the Metroid Prime Trilogy remastered HD will be on the Switch. Hooray! Everyone's going to say it, so I might as well say it too. I just think like everybody else now. Just join us, Eric. Just say Metroid Prime Trilogy. It's got to. It's got to. You have no, to do it. No, it's not. They totally be there. have to do it. It's definitely not going to be there because they scrapped it last year. They went all the way to square one. They realized the whole dang thing. The, the new project, mind you, not the trilogy. And I see why you're saying the trilogy, but they're not going to release that trilogy until they're ready to give you the big announcement for the next Metroid Prime. So that trilogy is just going to sit there in the quiet little nook of the corner for another year. They're not going to use it right now. They're no, not. It's, it's, it's sitting out there in the water. It's like the little bobber that's going blue, 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 blue. No. And then once you, once you bite it, then they go, oh, by the way, Metroid Prime 4, get ready. Yep, that's, that's what they're waiting for. And they're not going to pop it until that Metroid Prime's got something to show. And it mm. doesn't. There's no way because they've only been working on it for like a year or less now. So we're not seeing nothing. That's going to sit there. And it, it does kill me, mind you, because I love mm-hmm. Metroid Prime. And tr- the trilogy thing, from all reports and rumors and what has you, it's finished. It's done. 
It's just sitting there in wrappers, ready to go. <laughs> but because of the huge kerfuffle that they had with the new Prime, mm-hmm. they went ahead and said, oh, we got to tuck this away because it's all part of the gimmick. It's like you said, it's all part of the show, all part of the get hype. <laughs> so you're just like, oh, well, we'll just sit on this game till it's ready. You know, what, we got another year? Okay. Whatever. Awesome. And that stinks because everybody, as you said for years now, oh, this is where we get it. It's mm. not happening. Not happening. <laughs> I will say I wasn't a huge fan of of the Prime games. I played through a big chunk of the first one, but it would be nice to have them all in a collection and then just slowly churn my way through it. So I'm excited to see it so I can get it on the cheap once it's on sale, and then I'll have three of the really good Prime games. Mm-hmm. And I'll say there's there's a ton more here. The one I was gonna mention before we get into a couple, you know, what ifs was uh, something I'm mixed about, and that's the uh, title coming up that has From Software and George R. R. Martin working together. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what it was called. Uh, Man, El- I saw El- it. El- I was... Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's it. And I was my interest was peaked because, of course, I've read all of George R. R. Martin's books. I've watched the show. You know, I, I love his universe he created over there with that series. And I've played Demon Souls, and you know, I've dabbled in Dark Souls and whatnot. But I'm always shied away because the the difficulty is insane, and the reward, especially in Demon Souls, was minimal. Yeah. And so. I want to love it. I want to like it because I do like difficulty. I do like the challenge. I love that mm-hmm. feeling after you accomplish something hard. But I don't like not being rewarded and I don't like having my time wasted. Anytime I mm-hmm. feel as if my time has been wasted, I get angry. So it's hard for me. I want to be excited about this because as one of my authors I love and it has a developer who puts out high quality games. Some of the best oh, yeah. games depending on who you ask. And so there's potential in this, but if it's got that super punishing gimmick, as all of From's other games do, then I don't know. I feel like I'm going to shy out or chicken out or I'll buy it, and then I'll play like four hours and be too pissed off to play anymore. So I'm kind of waiting to see more on it, I guess. And I mean, I'm in the same boat as far as Demon Souls and Dark Souls and the whole thing. Like, they're all games that I look at and I'm like, man, I want to play that because it looks so good and it looks like it plays really well. But the difficulty combined with, like, the story exists, but you have to go hunt for it. Mm. Like, you have to infer it from the background and go not even find, like, you know, audio logs. It's just you have to go read up on something or read the text or whatever. But I feel like if he's involved and it's more story-based, like, if maybe there's an overarching story and the, you know, the really tough fights you have to do are, you know, you're waging a war or storming a castle or something with real life things and not demons and stuff. I feel like it has potential more so for me than the dark souls game. So I'm in that same boat of like, I would, I want to see more and I feel like I would like it more as long as it's more George RR than from software. I agree wholeheartedly. In fact, I'm rocking through star Wars, Jedi fallen order. Oh yeah. It's not as hard as Dark Souls or any of those types of games, but it's mm-hmm. way more challenging than your typical type of game and requires you to parry, block, etc., that kind of stuff. The counter to that, though, is there's a story, and every time you get to another set piece or do a certain thing or the boss fight, 
Mm-hmm. You get some wonderful story to go with it. A time to go. decompress, relax, and go, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Oh, my gosh, I love this character. I love this thing happening. I can't wait to go to the next place and see what happens. And that keeps you moving. And even through the mm-hmm. hard times, you want to fight through it because you want to get to that next really good story bit. Whereas Demon Souls, like you said, and those types, they don't really have that unless you go looking yourself for it. And they're mm-hmm. weird, cool worlds. So maybe we'll get it. Maybe we'll get it. That's why. That's the only reason that's keeping me excited about this game. And I think we'll hear from it this time around at the Game Awards. And I think maybe they'll show just enough to where I'm going to get a good feel whether or not I just dismiss this as a whole other Dark Souls whatever game or whether I go, yeah, maybe I should pay attention. Yeah, we'll see. Here's hoping. Well, indeed we will. So with that being said, Matt, I figure we'll end it up with just a couple. What is there anything you'd like to see in any, any game in particular? Any like what if maybes? Well, when I was when I was doing the research, people were like, "Oh, ten possible things to see," and something I hadn't even thought about because I'm not sure I even knew about it was people were talking about a new Batman Arkham game called apparently titled Batman Arkham Legacy. I had no idea that it was happening or even in development. And now it is not by Rocksteady, but I love the Arkham games. I mean, that's one of that's the reason I got my PS4 when I did is because Arkham Knight came out. I loved. Asylum, I love City, I never played Origins, but I loved Arkham Knight. So if there is another Batman Arkham game with that same type of thing, that's what I want to see more of. So if this thing is real and possible that I've never heard of before in my entire life, I want to see more of that. That's I would love to see a reveal trailer or at least even like info on who the devs are and who I can follow and what I can look at. Because I love those games, they're... I don't know, man. Thinking back to that Xbox 360 era with Asylum and City, those are some of my favorite gaming experiences. Like, not of all time ever, but it feels like of all time ever. Uh-huh. So that's something I'd like to see is another Batman Arkham style game. Hmm. I I never got in those series, so you know I, I mm-hmm. can't really add too much to it. As I said, probably in the show before, my only real experience is watching my buddy play the game and just stand mm-hmm. up in the shadows and dive down and dive back up and dive down and dive back up. And uh, it was pretty boring to watch, to be honest. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> I like, terrible. I was like, no, I'm not. This game doesn't look that fun to me. Never mind. I'm good. <laughs> what you what you got to at least watch is the, uh, the Mr. Freeze boss fight from Arkham City, where if you hit him with some kind of takedown, he basically became immune to it. So you always had to do new stuff to him. Mm-hmm. That was great. Oh, well, you know, maybe down the road we'll give it a go. Who knows? But go. if we don't, that's okay, because a game I'm looking forward to seeing, hopefully, and this one's crazy and weird because it's something from Square, mm-hmm. all right? And I don't even know what I'm looking for, all right? I've, I've, I've gone already and told you guys a million times about what I hope, which is a mm-hmm. chrono extension, but there's been no rumor, no talk, so it's probably not happening. And then I said, well, maybe it'll be there's that one game they were uh they're a smaller company they're they're little old school rpg parts making where you're like you go into the realm of the dead and you guide the spirits where they're supposed to be something Mm -hmm. and it's a weird cool little jrpg looking game i i suspect we might see some more on that but i'm questioning it only because they've kind of showed quite a bit about that so i don't know if that's going to be something they want to spend a bunch of money on to get at the game awards and screw around with or not Mm. so here's the big one I know FF7 remakes around the corner, but that's kind yeah. of a it's kind of a done deal. It's it's coming in March. They've already showed you everything they're going to basically be showing you. We're just waiting on it. Mm-hmm. Is now the time to give one of those elusive, stupid trailers 
for the next official Final Fantasy. Oh, okay. Where they come in and they go, and then the and then the sparkles and the mana, you know, floating and misting around in a in a giant Gaia tree or whatever the hell it's gonna be, and and then and then Final Fantasy, and then everyone goes, yeah. And then it says like more info next year. Oh, of course it was gonna happen. I knew it was gonna happen, Matt. <laughs> and then of course it says more info 2020. And that's all you get. I, I think this is the time to do it. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could definitely see that, especially since it's not like not like a major Japanese like release or like s- super big thing. Because I was I was trying to think of like what cool. Stuff like for Persona, could we get like a cool extended trailer or a date for this? But most of the big stuff's just going to be there. So I, f- I feel like if it's if we're going to see anything, it'll be that CG trailer, like you said, the tiniest little teaser of a theme of what the game's going to be about, and then bam, logo, and then not even any kind of date, no nothing, just boom, Final Fantasy sixteen, uh-huh. no nothing, and everybody will go, yeah, woohoo, and then we're and, like, all right, yeah. in six years we'll see you for. A gameplay trailer. Exactly. And that's perfect, because you're going to be all hyped up anyway for FF7. So you're still, mm-hmm. you're so fat on the hog right now that when they do this, it ain't going to piss you off or hurt you in any way. It's just going to add to your excitement, and you're not going to care if it's anytime soon, because you're mm-hmm. still looking forward to that giant, pretty nugget of FF7. So, True. yeah. I think it's coming. I really do. Any other ones from you, Mr. Man? Well, I don't think it's likely, but I know we talked about Return of the Oberdin. This past year, maybe a little bit of last year, I would like to see the next game from Lucas Pope if he's got anything hooked up on the horizon. The guy who did Papers, Please, the guy who did Return of the Oprah Den, he makes indie games, so I'm sure he could whip up some kind of like indie-licious little trailer. Just like, boom, 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 Lucas Pope working on title announcement. More info to come later. Hey, maybe you'll get lucky. That I wouldn't have a clue on because I don't follow that kind of game. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you if I've heard a rumor or not. (laughs) (laughs) Now, for my last two, I'm going to lump them together here. And these ones I think are actually going to happen. All right. There's two I think will happen, but I haven't heard anything about them. If you say Breath of Fire or Dead Space, I'm not going to. I'm going to beat the crap out of you. I actually am, but I'm not. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. All right, the first one is Persona Scramble. All right, Persona 5 yeah. Scramble. We're going to get a cool trailer on that. I think that's a that's a give me. I think you're going to see them come in and do a really cool gameplay, you know, trailer, not a gameplay like you're not not sitting there and watching 3 minutes of gameplay, but mm-hmm. you're going to see actual footage of gameplay and some cool interactions with the new Persona 5 Scramble for Switch. Now, I feel like that's a possible at least because you're going to get all the American voice actors, so you can just redub whatever the Japanese trailer was they've been showing off lately. So, okay, I think that's possible. Same trailer, just American voices. Well, yeah, they, well, the American <laughs> voice actors scramble. were all together in Los Angeles just like a week or two ago. So, okay, so they're all ready so that, together. <laughs> so that I'll that I'll give you I'll give you because I was trying to think of what with that they could mm-hmm. possibly do. That's perfect. So yeah, that's and that's what got me thinking about it. Plus, you know, they've been getting hyping it up a little bit more lately on the Persona sites, etc. Yeah. So I was like, man. And then they had the big Joker reveal last year, so I feel like there's mm-hmm. some goodwill, good intention with Jeff and then you know, not Square Atlas right now. So yeah, true. I think there's a good potential to see it. And lastly, for myself, EA. They talked about it. They they came out in a huge, big, bold statement, Matt. They hey, listen, no. listen, 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 no, listen. And they it. said you we 
are remaking some of our old uh, successful franchises. Mm-hmm. Well, what two? There's, you got Dead Space and you got friggin' Mass Effect. It's one of no, those two. They're going to remake Madden 2004. No, Because that was no, a successful game. You it know was what? awesome. It's, no. You remake it for the current gen systems. You're either redoing <laughs> Mass Effect or you're redoing Dead Space. Which one? Either one's going to make you a billion dollars, but here's the stick. They're kind of lost right now in Mass Effect land. They don't know what they mm-hmm. want to do next. They had a failure, which became a decent game from what I hear with Mass Effect 4, but it's over. They kind of flopped onto the ground, and then they put out this big statement like, what do Mass Effect fans want? They're trying to regain their ground, figure out what they want to do. I don't see it coming anytime soon. We've already mm-hmm. discussed the other side of this, which is why you're trying to kill me and don't want me to talk about it, but what's being super successful right now? Survival horror games and stuff. This is the perfect time to remake Dead Space, give it the big reveal, and then boom, everyone's happy. I know it's not going to happen, but there's a possibility of it, so I'm going to keep saying it. Now, see, I could jump on the train, though, with Mass Effect, doing like a Mass Effect trilogy HD upgrade, just like talking about with the... With the Metroid Prime trilogy, you put that out. Hey, the new Mass Effect's in development. Or, hey, here's the new Dragon Age trailer with actually more of a trailer than just, what was it? Like It was like a picture of a dragon and then no info. Maybe you do the trailer for that. And while you're waiting for that, dump, here comes either the Mass Effect trilogy remastered or how about dragon age one and two remastered now for ps4 that'd be pretty and cool that too. would that would be pretty cool too i mean especially if you just dump three in as a give me you know just a freebie yeah. you don't got to upgrade or anything i mean you You'd can touch like it a, up like but a, a digital download code inside yeah. the so that platform. way you just have them all sitting there all right at your fingertips in mm-hmm. case you're like me and i didn't buy three because i don't know i just kind of fell out of the glamour of dragon age and never got and that- to inquisition and after two was such a dumb down of the first one for me, that's when I fell out of it. And I went, ah, fuh, But maybe that something like that would draw you back or draw me back. Yeah. And get everybody hyped up for, like you said, the possible announcements later on of the next Dragon Age, which they've already mm-hmm. teased, but I don't think we'll see anything anytime soon for that. But not I mean, possible. We got, the, we got the teaser last year, so maybe mm-hmm. an actual, hey, maybe yeah, it'll actually uh, say, Dragon Age 4 on the screen this time. For real this time. Just, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. We'll see. So, yeah, that's it for me, Matt. I don't know if you got anything else. The only thing I was going to guarantee is we'll get uh, some kind of zombie-type game, like post-apocalyptic zombie-type game, because there's always one, like, every year. Oh, and then course. some game where, like, a character is, like, walking through the snow, and there's, like, uh-huh. whoosh, and blizzard, and, oh, man, and it's, like, you know, the title will come up on the screen and be, like, Survive Mageddon or uh, something. But it'll all be pure CG and no info on what it is or how it plays or what it's even looking like. And you gotta add the bird or whatever, something that like flies. Oh, yeah, the bird like flies oh. overhead, and looks. Yeah, and it's like whoa. Or you combine them, and it's a zombie bird. Like he there looks up, it's like oh, it's a bird, but then he zooms up to the bird. That's and it's a, a zombie good take bird. on the zombie genre. Humans weren't affected; it was the animals, the animals that got affected. Now there's zombie animals trying to kill us. That's not bad. There, oh, that'd be cool and fun and interesting. I'd love murdering a bunch of zombie animals. Wow. And then bad. you could even spin it more. If the humans get bit up and they don't get eaten outright, they get infected. And uh, if they try to hide it, they like explode and the pus on them then infects other people. And so we don't turn to zombies because I don't want it to be just human zombies again. But we, we 
we die, basically. And we can have the chance of infecting others with whatever this disease is. And we don't actually turn into zombies. We just freaking die and become well, about, plague like, carriers. It's just, it's just the actual, like, you know, the real life zombie and, like, uh-huh. the the thing that gets in your head and oh, just like controls them to go and, like, get more animals and bring them in. So you don't, you oh, don't, that's become, true. That'd be cool. Like the plants that get the ants to go do yeah, all yeah, their that's, bidding. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. Yeah. Just make the humans turn into those. And mm-hmm. so you can, if you're a you know, human that's not infected, you can just go, Oh, oh, dang it. Tom's turned into a carrier. There he goes. <laughs> he's, he's walking off to the cave to try and get the bears. Let's mm-hmm. get him. <laughs> Man, there we go. You're welcome, everybody. We just gave you an idea for a wonderful <laughs> game, something you'll probably see. At this year's Game Awards. I was going to say, watch that actually <laughs> happen. Zombie bear tropsing through the snow. Uh-huh. And then we'll have some men in black coats coming to our doors wondering what kind of NDAs we had or what we broke or screwed up. And then our over videos and podcasts will be stripped and wiped. <laughs> we'll be Submodo 2.0. We'll be Submodo 2.0. We'll disappear. Oh, awesome. I like man. it. Well, before before we get ourselves in even more trouble, and I, and I leaked this other game that uh, Indie Dev was actually texting me about right now. Look, there's the alert right there on my phone. We better just wrap it up. Imposters wrap up. So what do you guys think? What's what, What do you expect to be there at the Game Awards? What do you want to see revealed? Let us know. Email us at info at thirdshift.me. DM us or tweet at us at thirdshiftme. Or find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Holy mackerels, that was intense and insane. Probably didn't hear any of that, but it scared me. I don't know what to think. I don't even know where we're going. Hey, you can go over to the Facebooks and all those other places in sports. You can also head on over to Patreon if you like what you hear, like what we're doing. Please consider throwing us a tip because that's what we treat it like, a tip jar, folks. $1, $2, $3, anything helps us out, keeps the lights on, paying those bills. Because guess what? When you do podcasts and shows and stuff, they want money. They say, you got to give us money or else we won't put your show up here. And so you got to give mm-hmm. money. It helps us out, keeps everything going, keeps my wife from killing me, chopping fingers off, making me donate blood, all that good stuff. But if you cannot do any of that, we totally understand. You can support us in so many other ways. As Matt and everybody else has said a billion times, you know, the likes, the five-star ratings on the iTunes, all that stuff is awesome and greatly appreciated, and it makes us feel like we're rock stars, which gives us that motivation, that little sunshine and smile to keep on going for all y'all out there. That's right. And, of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday. So our next episode should be on the 24th of December. We'll figure out something something holiday-related to throw to you guys. I don't know if it'll be a full-on thing. Here we go. Eric doesn't ever want to do any shows, but screw you, Eric. we got to do all the shows. I'm telling you, you all the other podcasts in the world take a holiday break. (laughs) And we over here, Christmas Day, you're trying to tell me to come into my dang basement and record a show. Oh, my goodness. No, wait. Now, wait. Pause, Eric, because we record this on Monday. There ain't nothing going on on the 23rd. Hey. There's nothing to do. And hey, Stop. Sp- spoiler alert, Eric, we got to work on Thursday, so Stop. we might as well just do the f***ing show. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. But hey, we'll at least have some happy holiday memories for you guys that week. And of course, you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. As I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. It makes my BB feel so much better. He's so happy. Look at him. Look at helps him. me. Helps he just me gave BB. you guys a thumbs up. You didn't even see it. Oh, it's not live oh, on the 60s. Oh, man. Nope, it ain't. 
Hey, baby. Hello, baby. <laughs> and with that, of course, we're going to get out of here. We're going to tell you one last time to con- think about going and give us that five-star rating. Because if you do that, good things happen. And five stars are good stars, people. Not that one star like old Scrudgy McGrubby. Not God that four it. star. All them five stars. That's right. But either way, <laughs> we appreciate everybody. We're going to get the hell out of here. See you later. And with that, there's nothing left to say. But, 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 but. Don't, 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 don't forget, forget to save. And then, like, orchestra music comes up and swells, and like sparkles go across the screen. And it just says, "Don't forget to save." Don't forget. That's to our save. trailer. Boom. Done.